Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Peaks. I'm Jason Friesma. This is Chris Burns, president and founder of Peaks Recovery. Hello, hello. And Kate Nelson. Uh, what is your title? Just team lead. Team lead of our women's program at Peaks. Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, professional counselor. So we are here today to talk about uh, gender-based treatment and uh, gender-specific treatment. And um, I thought it would be a really interesting discussion to kind of talk about, Chris, the, the origins of Peaks Recovery and, and starting this off as a men's program and, and just, yeah, just walk us through that process and then in, incorporating women into it. Absolutely. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Thank you, Kate, for being here. It's nice to have uh, a female on. I'm going to point that out right you guys, now. Guys, we did need some estrogen <laughs> in the house. We did, yeah. yeah. Finally. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have that in there, and it really matters. And Kate's someone who guides and directs um, our, our newer women's program, doing a phenomenal job over there, um, building a great culture. So grateful to have her on. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Um, when I opened up Peaks Recovery, you know, I was, I was a very new professional. <laughs> yeah. um, I was very new comparat comparatively to the people that we were bringing in to hire. Um, but I can, remember, um, I can remember sitting in treatment in 2008, and I remember going to present my timeline. And I remember there was a, a female in the group, and I was 22 years old, and I had consequently fallen in love in six days. Um, <laughs> as you do. As I do. Yeah, right? yeah. Because, Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm going through my timeline. And this is very vulnerable information. This is like the deepest, this is my story. Yeah. And I'm going through, and I get to a year where there's a little pain and shame, and I skip it. Hmm. And I move on to current time, and I let that thing unfold. Um, and naturally, I didn't get what I should have got out of that programming and that curriculum. And so right why, there. Why did you let it skip? Why did you let skip it skip? It? Because of shame and embarrassment, because there was a female that I was attracted to in the group who right. I wasn't willing to express that type of vulnerability with. Yeah. And that was very clear to me um, that gender-specific treatment at that time for me would have been the best option yeah. because I would have been able to be more vulnerable. And I think oftentimes we talk about counterbalancing adversity and that connection that has to be there in order to counterbalance it. And I just think that's difficult sometimes when you start mixing genders. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of inappropriate in a way, in the clinical setting at least. Yeah. So when I opened up Triple Peaks Recovery, I was like, I know one thing. <laughs> It's got to be gender specific. Yes. Um, it's because we have to have a natural kind of ebb and flow to the uh, clinical process. And so when we opened up Triple Peaks, it was just that, specific to men, and even bigger than that, specific to young adult men. Um, and very quickly, we learned um, in the community that the, the females were under-resourced. There wasn't a lot of programs that they could plug into. And so a referral source at the time was like, you got to open up a women's program. And I said, absolutely. So we opened up, it was Serenity Peaks Recovery in 2015, mm -hmm. um, and it was gender specific, a 10 bed program. Um, and we were able to build those cultures separately um, with women and men over here. And just to kind of hit on the gender thing, that's however you identify. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to mention in today's day and age. However you identify, we treat that specifically. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, th and that's important to anchor into and, and to align with in 2021. And when we were able to open up Serenity Peaks Recovery Center, I think it even spoke more highly to me because it was a specific women's environment and the stuff that they were unpacking in a group process they would have never unpacked mm -hmm. if there were other men involved or people that they had attraction to or stuff that they were gonna withhold. And so I think a f much more functional group process, um, certainly the most efficacious is when um, it's gender specific. Mm -hmm. when, and Chris, I remember when we, when we opened Serenity Peaks, um, we had it, we had, two different suites in the same office building on different <laughs> floors of the building. And um, upstairs was the men's program and downstairs was the women's program. And I remember, 
um, very immediately, we started to see the differences between the two programs almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And pretty quickly we figured out, to put it in a nutshell, we figured out that a lot of the men's work is about um, helping them open up mm -hmm. and kind of helping them excavate some yeah. of their feelings and identify what is going on for them. And for the women, it was all about containment <laughs> because they had a ton of access to how they were doing, what they were feeling, and they needed a way to help kind of wrap their arms around it and mm -hmm. settle down. Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember, Chris, you had, your, you had an office on both levels that, were, uh, that was like one was literally above the other. We joked about putting a staircase up to it, but I know, <laughs> I remember you being like, this is different down here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen anything like For this sure. before. Um, so Kate, I, I, I did want to go over to you yeah. as well. Um, with Peak specifically, uh, just due to the business culture that we walked through during COVID, we unfortunately had to shut our women's program down for a few months because, um, well, we had to spread our clients out, obviously, and, and really consolidate what we were doing. But uh, I'm really proud that we were able to relaunch it again here a couple months ago. Um, and what, what has been your process yourself, kind of transitioning professionally from the men's program and kind of helping us start the women's program again? That's a good question. Um, you're right about the different skills. With yeah. men, it is so much more about, you know, trying to get them to finally lean into feelings they've been avoiding for so long. And then to transition back over to women, um, it, it was a change for me, for sure. Um, and I was also, my heart was broken when it was first closed. So mm -hmm. to go back and be back in that environment was just really exciting yeah. that we were able to do that. Um, something that is really close to my heart and why I love working so much with men and women, but specifically women, is finding safety in their bodies. Mm. And yoga, mindfulness, breathing, all of that is just my passion because it has worked so well in my life to manage things I've been struggling with, anxiety and such, health issues. Um, and so to be able to give them a space where they can get connected and feel safe in their body and regulate it and realize I can have these big emotions, but also I can move through them and find skills and tools um, is what is really exciting for me about the women's program. So can, can you talk specifically about what that looks like? Like when you, when you run a yoga um, class at Peaks, how are you how are you incorporating that and how are you incorporating how are you connecting their body and their mind and their emotions how are you doing that so i usually try to stick with the theme you know we have different themes throughout the week for our curriculum and if it is around shame or something like that um usually i will do a meditation in line with that like maybe having them visualize their shame or something like that um, and give them some different visualization exercises to try to sit with it and kind of allow the emotions to come in like waves and I'll talk them through that like this emotion that's coming up notice it explore it observe it as if you're observing a human experience um, and then I integrate maybe readings about shame or um, peaceful music that will help to sort of regulate that parasympathetic nervous system and stuff like that so hmm. yeah it's my fave yeah that was a great description. It was a great description. <laughs> That's cool. Like waves. Yeah. It's been described to me in therapy too. Just let those thoughts kind of pass mm. like waves. Yeah. Just don't hold on to them. Let's just let them go. Let's yeah. not judge them. I think that's a really, really cool way to kind of do yoga mm -hmm. and connect that mind, body, and spirit. And I think, you know, Chris, what I was thinking when, when you talked about your experience in treatment too, 
the safety of the communities, both the men's and the women's program, when they when they aren't necessarily distracted by the by the tension that I think comes when when the men and women are on the same campus. Um, just yesterday, uh, I'd had a I'd had a pretty intense session with one of our uh, women clients, and um, and the women's group was letting out right as I was wrapping up with this client and. And the entire group just went outside and sat in the shade uh, on the lawn there, uh, all of them. Yeah. And uh, and Kate sat there, and I sat there, and Morgan was there, and we just sat and hung with out with clients yeah. for like half an hour before we went to our clinical meeting, and um, and that just that stuff doesn't necessarily happen. I think if if when we begin to blend. Uh, well, blend the genders truthfully. And the other thing I was thinking too is nobody has a cell phone out, of course. Yeah. And, right. and uh, that, that matters as well. But Chris, I wanted you to talk about your experience today with, with the men uh, yeah, at I the think, MMA. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so each Thursday, and I, I mentioned it in here before, but we've been doing uh, an hour of CrossFit followed by an hour of, we call it Circle Accountability Group mm. um, with me. And it's really, really connecting. So we get in there and we get a good sweat and we get vulnerable and then we go talk about it. Um, and it's just this really cool connecting environment. For example, uh, I'm thinking of a, of a mature adult that it's his last week here at Peaks. Um, and all he's done each week, he's probably closer to 60 years old, um, and all he's done each week and gone into CrossFit is he's gone on the assault bike and he's just sat there. And his first week, it was like, oof, oof. And today, the whole hour, he moved and he grooved. And I'm telling you, I come out of that MMA gym and we're walking around and punching and he's got a smile on his face ear to ear and behind his eyes says, I have hope. Hmm. And, and that's what it's about. It's so much bigger than a workout. I could care less about a workout, but seeing these young adults and these mature adults speak, lives in, speak life into themselves through overcoming something that they didn't think was possible. And I think CrossFit, similar to recovery, gives us tangible opportunities okay. for growth and to experience what I think is really important, I think the big book hits on, is that spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. This idea that I can have fun and these lights can turn on and I can be connected mm -hmm. and I can be fulfilled and resourced. I have hope. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I see a lot of times in that CrossFit gym, just as much as on campus, is week one, they come in there, they're a fish out of water, they don't want to touch a weight, maybe they have some shame around the gym, and, and I'm running around just gassing them up, let's go, and getting everybody really, really excited. And we're all ending with gratitude, a yeah. tremendous amount of gratitude and hope. And that's the coolest thing is just watching someone from week one to week six. Because they didn't come to peaks to be a better athlete, but they're leaving a better athlete. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's physical, it's emotional, it's mental, and it's spiritual. Yeah. And it has to hit all of those. And I think a good recovering individual is okay at each one of them. Mm -hmm. um, we're not trying to be the best at anything. and We're not trying to be the best CrossFitters, the best MMA guys. We're just looking to get in there and seeing if we can be the best versions of ourselves through coming together as we instead of me, myself, and I. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a really cool process to be a part of the last couple of months since the pandemic has loosened up a bit. I'm hopeful to get uh, another day scheduled as well because it's just so functional and mm -hmm. so spiritual for those people, for myself included, so. Me too. And, <laughs> well, what, is it, what does that group look like though if, if the genders were mixed in there? Oh man, that'd be horrible. <laughs> yeah, and they're not, not horrible because they're great people, but it's, it's distraction, right? Yes. Um, it takes me off of my primary purpose, which is right here, right now. It's really difficult to be present 
in a group process, in a workout, mm -hmm. when I have a different gender sitting across from me that I might, may or may not be attracted to. Mm -hmm. And I grew up, right, I, I showed up in treatment because I, I can't be the authentic version of myself. Mm -hmm. right? That's why I'm here, because mm -hmm. it wasn't safe enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then that puts me right back in that position. It's not trauma-informed, right? It's not trauma-informed care, because I go right back into that position to try and save face and tell this story that's not actually the true version of myself. And so it would be very difficult. Yeah. We'd be having to pull people from this wing and this mm -hmm. wing, and we would never get an authentic process as a result. So I'm grateful it's gender specific outside of our female staff that's there, which I think is great. I also think of avoidance. Like, mm. if they had a male in there, what a great opportunity to focus on his stuff and worry about him mm. and, you know, fall into patterns of codependency and my focus becomes this person and now I don't have to look at myself. Mm -hmm. I think those are the two biggest things, distraction and avoidance, yeah. which would just sabotage their whole experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I do think there's some efficacy to having mixed genders, but I tend to believe that best case scenario is outpatient level of care. Yeah. You know, that's when we're going to kind of, we're going to live into our recovery and not define it. Mm -hmm. We're going to live into it. And that's a different step. And I think you really have um, both genders in that because that's mm -hmm. kind of how it works. Certainly in primary care, uh, gender specific is the way to go. Right. In my experience. Yeah, I, I, th I think that makes a ton of sense. And then, um, Professionally for you, Kate, what, what is it like to be, uh, to work in the men's program as a woman? I'm, I'm curious about dude, that too, because... <laughs> well, you're talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's different. I am more conscious of my words and my actions and body language and just all of the things because it is a different dynamic for them and I, and I recognize that and I appreciate that. Um, and then at the same rate, I think because they've struggled with women in their life in various avenues, I get to provide maybe a healthy um, sounding board that they haven't experienced, which is a really great feeling to have boundaries and also see I can healthily connect with a female. So that's, that's probably the coolest part about it. Um, mm -hmm. But you do have to engage in a different way to be mindful, yeah. you know? How about for you, Chris? Working yeah, that's huge. I, I actually had an experience in the women's program in just being really boundaried. Yeah. And how like, affirming that feels, too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important. Anyway. I've been in a women's program, been in a group, and they'd be like, nice legs, Chris. I'm like, inappropriate. Just absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that. And you have to do it right away. And, and yeah. that's something as a young professional that was difficult. So I'm, great that we, I'm grateful we started with men and then kind of leaned yeah. into the women because they, they have a tendency to catch you off guard. Yeah. Um, and you need to make sure that uh, you're professional in all accounts. Mm -hmm. And so being diverse and working with both programs can be huge. Mm -hmm. well, the last thing I wanted to, to talk about is... Um, Running a gender-specific program and having both genders, that's been hard for us, to be honest with you. We have, we have very separate campuses. They're like six miles apart or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. and, it, and it puts this stretch on our, in our, on our team. Right. Um, but, but we found that it's really worth that stretch mm -hmm. and worth um, having two different campuses, even though it does put that, that strain on us. And, and, mm -hmm. Like from a business perspective, Chris, what's that been like to have two different campuses and two different? Yeah, programs? I think to, to your point, it it's for safety. Yeah, and it's for it's it's client centered and it puts the client first. Yeah, because on the business side, quite frankly, we've crunched the numbers and it would be much more beneficial from a business perspective to have everybody on one mm -hmm. campus. Look at all the treatment centers around the country. Yeah, right. everybody's got everybody in one hub. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is not cost effective for us to have another two acre campus with a full team, mm -hmm. but it's beneficial for the client and the clients' families that we serve, and we think that it's the best opportunity for recovery 
And so as long as I'm here in front of Peaks Recovery, we're going to choose what's best for recovery for the client um, and let the chips fall where they might. Um, and that's kind of the way that I see it is there's no amount of money that can make sense of mixed genders in primary care treatment. It's just not efficacious. We can't get people into aftercare. I mean, the whole process blows up. So yeah. as much as it's not financially great, um, it's recovery-oriented. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. It really trauma-informed. Yeah. And that was a yeah. lot to overcome, I think, especially in this last year. Mm -hmm. But um, it's been amazing to kind of have it all uh, as it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, even better than ever. Better than ever, <laughs> I would actually yeah. say. I think that's sure. exactly right. Yeah. Because the other thing is, too, I know I just said the other thing was the last thing. This might be the last thing. <laughs> but we have been able to really customize our curriculum mm -hmm. um, for the genders yes. as well. Because people, well, we started this whole thing with that people have different mm -hmm. needs. Yeah. Um, and what, can you just speak maybe to what modifications you made? Because we, we had our men's program and, and wrote up a curriculum about it. And then we added the women's program. And what, what changes did, yeah. did you make on that? So I think kind of what you said before where women have kind of word vomited, for lack of a better term, a lot of this stuff in therapeutic settings so long. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like they need a different way to um, explore it. Mm -hmm. And so I think we give them a lot more experiential and art and activities and movement to try to have them see it from a different lens. Um, so that's different. And some, you know, we try it with the men, but because of that resistance and like yeah. it's so new and uncomfortable, it doesn't always land well. Yeah. Um, another thing is really diving into like uh, domestic violence and unhealthy relationships because that seems to be something that a lot of our clients come in with, but um, that's something that a lot of the women continue to find themselves back with because when you don't feel good about yourself, we accept the love we believe we deserve, right? And so they end up with these really toxic relationships and that becomes this cycle of the person and the feelings and the addiction. And so we really dive into a lot of that unhealthy, toxic relationship stuff with them. Yeah. Awesome. I think you summarized that uh, brilliantly. Um, and so we, we are at a time for this episode. I, I really appreciate this uh, discussion. I think it really um, illustrates why we do and how we do what we do uh, really well. Um, and so with that, uh, that does wrap up this episode of Finding Peaks. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Apple Podcast, YouTube. Um, all of it. Snapchat. I don't yeah. know if we're on Snapchat, but anyway, that's it. Peace. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs>